This podcast is brought to you by Pencil Pay. Take your wholesale account applications online and control when you get paid. Welcome to Product Hub. I'm your host, Tim Demetriou. Today's guest is Ben Toomey. He's the founder of Southern Highlands Brewing. They have a rural brewery located halfway between Sydney and Canberra. This is an interesting chat about how short-term pain during the pandemic has turned into a net benefit with the mass exodus from the major cities. We explore how Ben and his partners got started and how the IBA has taken some really important steps to drive government policy in the right direction. This is an important podcast if you're interested in the economic factors affecting brewers in 2022 and beyond. from feedback customer feedback but um but yeah it's it's crazy where you go but um we've got ben from southern highlands brewing today um ben ben's joined us and 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 um after a little after a brief conversation yesterday um we want to get into a couple of the i guess a couple of the issues that are um that are that are facing the vertical and certainly um, some of the issues caused by COVID, but also some of the um, some of the ongoing governmental issues. Um, really keen to, to to dig into that and find out a little bit more. So, welcome, mate. Oh, mate, great to be here. Perfect. So, um, you know, um, if you can give a little bit of an introduction uh, as to who you are, how long you've been going for, and um, and you know where you, uh, where the brewery is at at the moment, that'd be that'd be brilliant. Yeah, no, that's um, look. I'm I'm one half of the ownership of Southern Highlands Brewing. Um, I'm I'm not the brewing bit. Um, I'm um, I'm probably more the finance and the the business side. And I'm in I'm in business with a guy called um, Cameron James, um, the brewer, or as I call them, the arse sniffers. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, I'll tell you a story about that later. But it, it's I'm um, I, I was sort of a civil engineer that ended up at PwC as a management consultant um, that ended up in London and Dubai um, more in a corporate finance capacity. Um, but when I moved back to Australia in 2009, um, we moved to the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, um, which is sort of halfway between Sydney and Canberra. Um, but it's, it, it's a really, you know, picturesque, it's like the, um, you know, the Hamptons of New York or the, the, the sort of the home counties of London. Uh, and so we, we, we bought a farm down here and, but one of the things I always wanted to do is I wanted to do something. I thought it quite important that if we live in a regional area, we should do something work in the regional, uh, in, in that town. So yep. try, but trying to find some something to do in Southern Highlands back in 2010 was, you know, it, it didn't have a lot of tertiary industry, which I was involved in. Um, but anyway, so I, what, what I did everywhere I went around the world, I took my rugby boots with me and, when I hit barrel as well, I, I joined the barrel blacks and I started playing um, rugby down here. And, and in the centers with me was a guy called Cameron James, who I became good mates with. And Camo used to run um, a festival. He was a home brewer, avid home brewer for probably 20 years. And he used to run a December beer fest. And at the time, there were no craft breweries in the Southern Highlands. The, you know, the, the, the scene was a lot younger than it was today. Um, and so I said to Camo, after going to my second December beer fest and really enjoying the beers and, and, and the different flavours that, that he was generating just as, a, just as a home brewer, and I said to him, listen, mate, um, we should, I reckon what we should do, mate, we should get together. I'll fund it. Let's, let's get together. Let's start a craft brewery. 
you know, I thought I'd get this rapturous sort of interest. I got this, well, mate, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that, I would have done it myself. <laughs> I thought, I thought you, you cheeky twat. So, so, but, but anyway, so flippancy aside, we, we went into, you, we went, you ungrateful bastard. <laughs> I thought, yeah, well, bugger you, you know? So, and then anyway, so he, he calls me the next week. So I feel, you know, 15 all. Um, and, um, he said, mate, what, what about this brewery? And I said, well, look, let's, let's get together, put our heads together and see what it might look like. Um, and so we had this business plan. We, we sort of picked it up and put it down. And then um, I, I sort of sat there, I looked at it. And then, you know, we sort of toyed with it for about two years. And then, then I was actually approached by the rugby club to say, hey, um, Tombs, can you, can you sponsor the rugby club and put some taps into the bar? And I went, oh, look, it's, it's, it's a bit philanthropic. I think, you know, because I was doing a bit of corporate finance stuff in Sydney. Um, and then I said to the president, I said, I tell you what, if I ever start a brewery, why don't, you know, I'll determine what goes on those taps if I put them in. And he goes, done. And so what ended up happening is we had our first tap deal without even having a brewery. <laughs> so we... <laughs> So we, we, but then I said, no, look, I, I really got to the point where I wanted to do something in the Southern Highlands. I had a guy who was extremely passionate about beer because over two years, I could really see it sort of oozing from his pores about, about beer. We could talk about beer all day are, long. Are the beer or the passion? Uh, the, <laughs> the beer, the beer, trust me. Um, and, and so, um, and so we decided to do it and, um, you know, going through the usual DAs and um, on the other point was we're looking around the Highlands for a, um, an appropriate venue, but we got 25 acres out at, um, we got a little farm at Sutton Forest and it had a 200 square metre barn on it. And one of the things, because I've sort of started some business around the world was one of the things I never liked doing is overcapitalizing and then chasing the capital. Mm. So I said, well, look, let's start it you know, let's, let's go into this incrementally. Um, and so we started in 2016 and we, um, in, in the 200 square meter barn, um, at Sutton forest and, and we started brewing beer and it, 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 it was, it was really, you know, I loved it because it was something, it was something in the Southern Highlands with a guy who was very passionate about what he, he, you know, his, his interest, which was a hobby at the time. Yep. Um, and, you know, we, we, we were the first one down here and um, the, the local interest we garnered um, by, you know, because we're eponymously Southern Highlands, being Southern Highlands Brewing, the, the, we garnered a lot of interest from the local pubs, um, bottle shops, uh, groups, schools, you know, the list, yep. the list just went on, which really validated you know, what I saw is the first part of the, the journey that was Southern Highlands Brewing, which sort of, as, as I said, manifested itself in, 2000 and, in 2016 um, when we were, were badged up and, and ready to go. And, and that, that's, sort of, that, that's, that's sort of how, we, you know, a chance meeting on a rugby field ended up into a, um, you know, a, a business getting beer out of one of my barns. So it was, um, it was, it was quite... Yeah, quite exciting actually. Yeah, all these. Um, I, I find that all of the um the breweries that we've spoken to, and you know, I probably talk to um five a week anyway, just from you know we get inquiry and I talk to customers and that type of thing. And a lot of the a lot of the breweries um had just kick off on this this truly local train. So um you know they'll 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 start and they'll just focus on 
five, six, seven, eight venues that are that are around them um, that are you know locally um, you know because a lot of them in, are in towns and that type of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so you got a massive portion of them that are um, that are built and then they just have a really local focus initially and that that allows them to expand into a you know um, they can they might maybe go into a larger munis- municipality then they might go into yeah. a larger um, you know a larger electoral district type of thing and then um, then it expands into the state and then then the country but um, certainly the, the the costs associated now with distributing interstate on top of your um, or other production costs are are pretty crazy and you know this podcast is as much a business podcast as anything else so mm. i'd be interested to understand from you the um the so setting up a brewery um in a in a home location in a barn um run me through the the challenges that you faced with that and and kind of all the things that you had to think about because there'll be some brewers from time some brand new brewers from time to time that'll that'll hear this podcast and uh, i'd love to you know for you to pass on a couple of those lessons yeah, well, I think I think to one of your points, and that was our our strategy as well. From from starting in the Highlands, we wanted to radiate from the Highlands, and one of the things you need to do, and it was we sort of created a rod for our own back as well, because being Southern Highlands Brewing, you needed to own your own turf, and so if if you can't penetrate your local market, what what chance do you have? You know, overseas. Oh, um, not overseas. In you know, further afield. Mm. So, so that 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 was a real key. That was a real key focus for us. But but to the point whereby you know to start up the the, the biggest impost we had was actually getting going because I think when you look at the 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 local council regulations that we had to go through, you know, to ostensibly put some tin pots in a barn which, which which wasn't which wasn't you know it wasn't cub breweries by any means it was it was it was small scale um was probably the most frustrating part of the equation um and going through that compliance um and it might have been our particular council at the time i thought was over bureaucratic i thought that so, so a piece of advice to new brewers was just, you know, if, if you just think this is going to take, it's going to be bureaucratic and it's going to take a while, um, you'll just manage your expectations and, you, you know, you, you, you won't get frustrated and, you know, impatient. So, so I think that, that, was, that was one of the things that, that I learned from that. And I think the, the second thing, we, and we did it differently because we set up on a on a barn at, at our place as well. The last thing I wanted to do is the public coming into the venue. But what made it very apparent very quickly is you do need a retail premise mm-hmm. um, for a whole host of reasons. Firstly, commercial, because I think getting retail on your beer that you produce is um, is the backbone of a business plan in, in the brewing industry. I think the other thing is you need a spiritual home. Um, and so we quickly went in 2016 to starting production and fulfilling wholesale orders locally to, to building the tap house, um, which, which, which became our spiritual home. It, it, it got us retail on the beers, but it became also a, a bit of a, it became a shop front for a couple of other things we wanted to make the experience tactile we wanted to make it a little bit southern highlands and so mm-hmm. we changed our model a bit and I, and one of the things you'd, you'd say to brewers if you're going to try and replicate another brewery i think you're going to struggle you need you need to put your <laughs> own you need to be 
you know, because we, we sat there and you know, everyone, you know, you look at young Henry's who have done a fantastic job in the inner city of Sydney and they've got this, they sort of, you know, the, the hipster inner city, you know, at, at the time I was, a you know, the sort of a 40, 44 year old dad with four kids and no tattoos and you know we, we live in the southern highlands and no, and, and no beard no i didn't you know i didn't i didn't the too many grades had come through so it, i didn't want to run that look so so what we decided to do is is create um the tap house in in mossvale um as as our spiritual home and it's it's an old rustic building that used to be the first picture theatre in in Mossvale in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, that then became a department store that morphed into a, and it's it's a it's it's a beautiful old sort of conservation building, and so we decorated it in a sort of the Art Deco style. We kept the sort of the, um, and then what we wanted to do is rather than um, you know replicate. Um, the industrial come in and see the vats and, and, and the fermenters experience, we decided to try and do it Southern Highland style where, you know, the product being craft beer, um, the, the, the logo of the Rue is playful yet sophisticated in a, in a sophisticated setting where you could drink your craft beer, pair it with a brasserie style menu and um, put another beer offering um, out there that 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 might appeal to um a the locals where the demographic was changing uh, mm -hmm. and but also we are a bit of a tourist hub so we sort of get this traffic from sydney and canberra um and you know you could you can sit you can you can dine um you can sit on bavarian munich style tables you can, we've got a lounge and so we tried to appeal to a, a very broad audience in in what was probably a more um, rustic art deco um, ambience and the product place and the people making sure that they were sort of all aligned. Yep. Um, and, and, and so, so, so really back to the question in terms of, you know, from, from startup through to where we are now, it's, it's, it's the model we've pursued. Um, and I think looking at, you know, not getting frustrated, um, making sure that you know i think you do need that retail premise uh, premise because that selling your own beer and getting the cash through the door very quickly um really de-risks mm. the, the brewery which you know as we know sits in a very very competitive environment absolutely the um you, you said before about um about having to market to a kind of a broader audience from um sydney and Sydney and, and Canberra um, uh, for, you know, for any of those, uh, any of those consumers that are, um, that I, I guess are, um, are, are traveling, are traveling to get there. And obviously, you know, the market around you is only so big. Can you, can you talk about um, the challenges of, of, of getting people there? Now we know that um, every customer, so every business, the really the only thing that matters in, you know, up the very top is having customers that, that, that pay mm. you money. Um, so, and obviously you need to expand your market as, uh, away from just the, you know, the, the local district. So can you, can you talk about um, the challenges and how difficult it was or how easy it was from what you found to get those people to travel to you? Um, yeah, well, look, one of, one of the interesting, we, we've had a couple of, um, because we've had a couple of lockdowns and people from Sydney and Canberra couldn't travel to the Southern Highlands, you get mm. really good visibility on what your local patronage is. 
and also um, where where people where people are coming in because the Southern Highlands is a is it's a, it's a tourist destination. It's um, it, it's it's a bit it's a bit like the Adelaide Hills um, mm-hmm. if you're in South Australia. It's um, and and so one of the key features is because it's a renowned wine region as well wine with the beer because there's there, we, there's two breweries in the southern highlands now mm-hmm. um that that those guys are going to come when the environment's right so one of the one of the things i think where we um um had the ability to attract people was sort of the growing of the southern highlands and there's been a big sort of diaspora out of Sydney, um, as as Melbourne, everyone's moving yeah. to the countryside. Massive, massive. The, the the demographics changing, and what we what we found was people were looking for. We had a lot of people from Sydney coming down here looking for Sydney's things to do. Yeah. And and where the Highlands was, you know, probably when I first got down here was beautiful location, country town, but there wasn't a great um variety of things to do there was there was the wineries but now we've got two breweries boutique stores and so it was really trying to ride that um that that change in customer focus for our for for the people that were coming down to the southern highlands and we slotted straight in there because it's you know we created a venue where um people could come um and, and you know cognizant that that if I want to go out for a couple of beers that I've also got a, my wife and four children are coming with me. So there has to be something for them as well. Yep. So, so whilst we're at the tap house and we've got our full range of core beers, plus our seasonals and we get invitational breweries in where all the, the people who are interested in beer do come to our venue, you can get a, a Chardonnay off tap or a cocktail or a, a children's meal, or you can park your dog out the front. So we, what we had to do is be, you know, is in hospitality is, you know, I think you're quite familiar with it's a marginal business in Australia. You've got to keep, you've got to keep it quite, you've got to keep it quite broad. So we give, we give no one an excuse. If you want to come for a beer, but your wife doesn't drink beer, she can have a Chardonnay or yep. if she wants to drink beer and the kids are here, you know, we, we can look after them. So that's, that's, that's how we sort of looked at the, the initial part of, of the tap house in, in terms of our retail business. Um, yeah, hospitality is hospitality is hard enough. Uh, it's hard enough um, getting customers um, in a broad sense, let, uh, let alone, let alone, yeah. let alone targeting one you know small um, you know small part of the market that that might account for you know might account it might cover, it, it might be appealing to twenty percent of the population when you can build something that is probably appealing to eighty percent of the population. You know. Yeah, you've got to be a broad church, and I think, and 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 then you know, back to the hospitality bit, because my my colleague who I used to work with in Dubai, who now lives in England, he he owned pubs in in um in England, and he said, you know, he he was looking for something. I said, I said, why don't you start a brewery? You own pubs. Why don't you vertically integrate? And he he has, and we just compare notes, and he's got a tap house in Portsmouth, and I've got the tap house here, and we always compare notes. And the biggest difference we have between our two business models is labour rates and Australian labour rates. Uh, you know, it's, some of the most expensive in the OECD. So it's, it's obscene. It's it's for. I mean, I came from you know came from ten years of hospitality. The um the the rates now in comparison to what they were they they were ten years ago or no it's probably longer. Um, when I finished up working hospitality, 
labor rates were still okay. You could you could get away with paying some people some cash and and all that type of thing. Now the um, the the rates and and the the rates and the weekend rates and all the rest of it. They yeah. smash you. Oh, the penalty rates, and and that that was the difference. They don't. A lot of these countries don't have penalty rates, and particularly Europe, which acknowledge that that hospitality is an industry, and hospitality is at variance with um, the, the the nine to five working week. Um, mm-hmm. And one of my customers in, in Sydney, he's French, and you know we talk at nauseam about this. He go, you know, it's 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 bizarre, and I remember. Um, when they were talking about penalty rates at one of the elections, and I think it might have been Bill Shorten saying, "Well, we should, we should uh, remunerate these people who are prepared not to have Easter with their families." And they, every time we come up with the um, public holiday shift, they are jumping over us to have the shift, and, and for for very good reason. It's 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 well, it's, it's double. Well, well, let's face it. Um, I, I don't I don't know how many businesses Bill Shorten's owned, but um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly i guarantee if it was him paying if it was him paying weekend and holiday rates um he wouldn't be overly thrilled about them either yeah yeah i i, I get it yeah like yeah it's and and so when, when you boil it back and and you compare it to where it overseas you know you've got to you've got to do a lot of things right in hospitality um and, and like i said is you know if you, if you want to open a restaurant or hospitality and unless, unless you're a husband and wife team in or you're vertically integrate like you own the beer or the you you own the you know the the, the beef or something coming through it's going to be really tough in australia yeah you have to you got you got to work in it and yep. you, you got to work in it you there's there's there isn't enough money to to have profit as well as having a a a, a management run um a management run business there just isn't enough in it yeah yeah and i think and then and i suppose and then you throw in a couple of pandemics um to 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 and i was i was in i was in sydney yesterday and the city is still it's it's still dead you know it's not it's not where it it's not where it has been and a lot of people that have sort of based their business model on you know all things being equal um well i suppose in the last two years nothing's been equal the city of melbourne is fucked um, is like it? it's, yeah. it's, it is. So um, if you go into the CBD from literally from Monday to Friday, it's, it's, it's 25% of what it was. I, I'm not, I'm, and I'm, I'm not even yeah. kidding. There's, there is, there's no one around and there's in, inside all the cafes and stuff like that. There's, there's, there's very little, um, very little foot traffic and all the rest of it. And you know, yeah. hard, hard, hardware lane is just demoralized from what it used to be it used to be packed and you know bursting at the seams is now completely destroyed so um they've done a good job in that but yeah um oh, yeah. I, I think i think sydney and and I'm, I'm guessing if we had someone from brisbane here as well we might we might have the same conversation and then you've got these commercial landlords that are probably needing return on investments putting the squeeze down the down the way um which in fairness because we had a local landlord during the pandemics um, he, and, and, and we know him, he, he was just brilliant. You know, he, 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 he rode with us um, in the sense he didn't, he didn't accrue any, you know, hangover for the rent, which just meant. Oh, that's massive. That, yeah. It, it was nearly like the, because we're regional country and we all sort of know each other. It was, it, I, you know, I run him down the pub. It's, you know, oh, we'll work through it, Ben. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. And, you know, I thought, good on you, Ross. It was, it was a really, um, 
really good way. It just helped us immeasurably, really. And that's um, the not having that the hangover of 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 a year's a year's outstanding rent or what whatever it, or whatever it might be, and then down the track a landlord calls on it. That's yeah. the, that to me is um, you know I actually did a I did a five minute um, five minute video the other day um, where you know I just spoke about my thoughts about you know what um, because there's a there's a there's a really long hangover that. Um, is the the I guess the the extended um, extended negative effects of 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 the whole COVID lockdown is hitting yeah. now with supply chain is just the su- supply chain is is really destroyed at the moment um, yeah. across an, across a number of areas not just local but international um, inflation is skyrocketing internationally now and it will it'll it it'll hit here I think it will hit here in mm. a in a in a you know in a meaningful way probably not a it's not going to smash us like it has in the UK or, or the US, the UK is, I think, seven or eight, seven and seven and a half percent. Yeah, it's now. big now, isn't it? Yeah. US is eight and a half percent, um, you know, and that doesn't even represent the true value of inflation either. It's uh, no. so, um, you know, you've got all these, uh, you've got all these factors. And then, then you add to that the fact that every, the retailers and venues have to pay, um, have to, you know, somehow come up with, if you've got, just say you've got a $2,000 a week rent, You've got, to, you've got to come up with an extra two thousand dollars a week because yeah. because landlords want their money now. So yeah, yeah, it's oh, look because one of our attitudes was particularly in the wholesale business when it first started. You know, we were all in this together. So the first thing we did, we took um, this was the first lockdown. Um, we took all the kegs back um, for two reasons. I sat there and thought, well, look, you're not going to sell them. Um, because you're closed, it's not fair for me to say, well, sorry, guys. So we, we took them back and then, because at least we knew if we took them back, we could look after them, we could refrigerate them. We're probably a little bit better to put them from keg to can. Um, so, so we, yeah, we took that attitude. Look, look you know, we're all, we're all in this because I was getting, oh, 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 we were, we're getting benevolent, you know, um, benevolence from our landlord. So, you know, we, we, we just tried to pass it down the line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but we were quite shocked. The the, the first lockdown was, um, it, it was it was quite bizarre because we everyone was in the same boat. We didn't know what to do, so we went takeaway, and we we're nearly doing sixty percent of our revenue by going takeaway, mm. opening fifteen hours. Um, and I thought, hey, this ain't too bad. Like you know, there's less moving parts. It's I, I, I could I could probably live with this. And the government was very generous in in. Um, mm. Cash flow boost and, and and job keeper, you know, I take my hat off to them. Um, and so when we got to the second lockdown, um, we had some new staff and they all got stressed. And I said, "Oh, don't worry, guys, lockdowns. We can do lockdowns. They're great, you know. We'll 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 we'll, we'll be fine." But there just wasn't the same money flushing about on the second one. Mm. It was to to us, it was a tougher a tough. Whilst the first one was more uncertain, the second one was a tougher grind. It really was. It just didn't seem to have the money circulating in the economy. Yeah, bottle shops and takeaway um, over that first one skyrocketed, and we saw yeah. it. In our, we saw it in our numbers. The hospitality obviously fell off a cliff, and then um, you know the the sales to bottle shops um, were up by forty percent. Yeah. So it just showed the it showed the the increase. Yeah. But it was um, anyway. I, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to call it or put you know the kiss of death on it. But we just had Easter, and we've just seemed to have, I, I tentatively say, you know, things are kicking back into gear in the Southern Islands. It's good to hear. Yeah, I say that with trepidation though. So I just yeah, no, no that's good. That's uh, no, it's good to it's good to it's good to feel like it's uh, 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 you know, feel like it's behind you. I think 
um, where you guys have a where you probably guys probably have um, have a bit of benefit over some of the inner city um, inner city uh, breweries is probably a population had to have increased up there um it's decreased in the city um mm. and then the t- it'd be interesting to see the 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 demographic of the population that has shifted and, and moved I, I i dare say it's it's uh you know um uh, 20, 20 probably 25 to 40 year old professional professional types is it or yeah, well, it's it's good because we've got a really good barometer at school because we've got a, kids at school down here, and mm. just just the eighty seven new children with all the new faces um, is it, sort of a testament to where they've come from, and mm. you know they've come from Sydney. Um, they, they've essentially got out, um, and there's you know you have a population of fifty thousand people in the Southern Highlands. You know, there's there's numbers going about that you know twelve to fifteen thousand have moved since the pandemic. Um, where a lot of them, I think, that used to have a house in the Southern Highlands have said, well, right, that's home now. Sydney's the bolt hole. Um, so because we, we said, well, where do we put them? But they, they, I think they've just absorbed down here. And the local economy and, and has, has, has changed. And so I think, yeah, we're a beneficiary is, you know, I suppose most regional areas um, in Australia seem to be following the same trend. Yeah, the, um, um, that kind of brings me to the, to the to my next question and that's that's around some of the some of the issues that you're finding um as just as a general industry i mean obviously we've got um you know a number of uh, a number of um i guess organizations that, that can lobby on behalf of the um of the brewery sector i'd love to hear your um i'd love to hear your um your thoughts and opinions on on, on what's going on in in the vertical at the moment and kind of the separation between you know a uh, a craft or independent brewer and the larger commercial ones? Yeah, well, I think uh, one of the, there's been really good structural change in the industry, um, which you can put down to the um, the excise relief that came in at the last budget that executed on the 1st of July, which has really changed the environment for smaller brewers like us. Um, we're, we're probably at the scale of, you know, we run, we run a 20 hex system. So we're probably one of the, the bigger, smaller breweries, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and, and having excise relief from when we started from $30,000 going to $100,000 to now having $300,000 of our excise fully remitted has, has really changed the environment for the smaller brewers. It, it's, it's really given us... Uh, it's it's reshaped our business model to the point where you know I looked at the business plan and you, you couldn't predict this was going to happen. But now instead of needing you know to break even at sort of you know up to sort of a million liters, you know there's a, there's a really niche business model now that's really focused us into looking at. Hang on, you can you can you can really make some money here um, at the lower levels um and you know instead of having to you know bang out a million liters and keep going for that increment and grow just to be profitable which was going to sink a lot of these you know the, these smaller breweries that excise relief has been fantastic and and so you know and, the, and sorry sorry just to chime in those yeah. lower levels that's where you, that's where they also need the cash flow relief and 
And obviously, excise, you got to pay it. <laughs> you have to pay it yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And in beer, you got, you know, you, you, you're paying it up front. Yeah. And, you know, you got, you got 60% of it remitted. But you were sort of, you know, the balance sheets aren't the same as the, the Japanese multinationals, but you're nearly like on a like for like in terms of a, you know, a, a tax tax liability and, and, you know, paying it in advance before you sell it, unlike the wine industry was, you know, we, we sort of sat there and the independent brewers association did a fantastic job lobbying over many years to get it to that point. Um, so, so in terms of that issue in the industry, that's, that's been a real boon for the industry, I think. And it's really reshaped how we look at our business and our business plan now and you know back to the point on you know shipping liquids really expensive um we've got a really you know sharp focus now um we're in the southern highlands we have 30 percent of the population of australia within sort of less than two hours drive of us sydney canberra wollongong newcastle our we've got a really focused business plan on that market um, you know, the, oh. we, we, I'm, I'm not jumping to go to Victoria, you know, we've, we've these, these visions of national distribution. I've really got to this point where I can be a smaller, profitable niche brewery, um, notwithstanding the fact that we were <laughs> sending beer to Hong Kong, um, <laughs> which, which hit me from left field. So, so in, terms of, in terms of the environment we sit in now with, with that tax change, because the cost of a beer, you know, the biggest cost on producing beer in Australia for us was tax. And, and it shouldn't, it, was, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that. <laughs> that shouldn't yeah. be the biggest cost. Exactly. Yeah. And it just seems so counterintuitive to, to, yeah. to, to, to promotion of local business. And um, so that, that, that was an excellent result in, in what is, you know, which I see one of the biggest issues in the industry now is is essentially the duopoly that 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 we've got between you know um kieran and asahi or you know lion and yep. carlton united where they control um 94 of beer sales in australia where you know a lot of people look at you know the craft beer market in australia oh it's saturated it, you know it's there's 700 odd of us, of us competing you know, in this market, but we're only competing for 6% of the market. And I think the real issue sits there. What if that was 10% or 15%? Would the craft beer industry in Australia be saturated? I, I, I don't know. But the thing that worried me was most Australians still think VB and Forex are good Aussie beers. They're not. They're Japanese owned. And then I went to Dubbo one day and I was walking, there's an old fella and he sat there and he, he said, oh, this new fancy stuff. And I said, what do you drink? And he goes, oh, mate, I drink VB. I said, you know, it's owned by the Japanese now. No, no. And I said, it's Australia. And I said, no, it's not. It's not. And so, so to me, but there's such an inertia with publicans um, in terms of buying Australian, supporting local. We all hear the messages. When you speak to a publican, it's white noise. Because mm -hmm. the way Carlton and Lyon <clears throat> tie these guys up, there's, there's, there's a real inertia to move. And when you start talking about, well, you should be supporting local and, um, you know, there's, yeah, they, they, it gets really awkward for them because I know how some of these deals are structured and it makes sense. Look, you know, money talks. I get a new cool room. I get my rebates up in front. Mm. You know, there's a whole heap of money there. I give them a cap and a t-shirt, you know, they're flying them to Las Vegas. Like it, it, it's, 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 yeah. 
it's just a point where that 6%, how can we make that 6%, 10%? And then are we in a saturated market in the craft beer industry? I, d- how, I don't know. How, how do you compete though? So that's the, you know, I, I think, um, I think um, obviously being uh, owned internationally, um, that takes, that takes a lot away. Um, you do have obviously the positives is that you still get Australian employment, um, you know, to actually produce and distribute, but obviously where all the cash goes after that is, uh, is not, is not, is not onto our shores. Um, so my, 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 my question is how do you, how do you compete with such size and scale and all the rest of it? Is it, is it a shift that has to come from the pubs? Do they have to, do they have to make a concerted effort to, to kind of um, give you guys a go? And then, and what's the incentive to do that? Yeah, well, there's, there's, at the moment, there's probably not because the deals that, 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 that come across, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little example. I was talking to a pub group and, you know, I was talking about um, beer and getting beer on and I was quite uh, relatively close to them in, in a sense. And, and their, their first response was, well, well, how can you compete? on price against you know the big guys and i said well guys you haven't even asked me how much i'm going to sell it to you for and that to me summed up the inertia that sits with these guys yeah and they don't so, even want to know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they they don't want to know they don't they, yep. they don't want to know now there's, there's probably a whole host of reasons for that one of them would be you know the bigger the group is the more lucrative they they will be and i think with that excise relief that we got you know um we, we possibly can compete on price. I know mm-hmm. how they work. You know, they might sell a keg for 300. You might get a dollar rebate. You know, the keg nets out at 250. You know, that's sort of something whereby, um, you know, on, 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 on face value, you know, our craft beer is probably cheaper than um, the, the big guys uh, craft beer. But the problem is the rebate going back to head office that the publican doesn't see, you know, that, that could be the carrot. So if they're a larger, what, if they're a broader group, you're saying, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. If they're a broader group, and then look, and that's that's the nature of the BCA Triple C looked into it a couple of years ago, and it was, um, you know, it was deemed okay. Um, and, and look, they got, you know, there, there's certain restrictions there that they have to make taps available, but we are still scrapping over six percent. So, so you sit there and say, well, how do we compete? How do we change? And to me, the education of the customer drives the public into change because we mm. always say you know what beer should we put on tap then and i said well look i'd start with this but i'm not going to preempt anything because your customer's going to tell you what sells so if we put three beers on you know what's selling i might we're going for twice as much as that so your customer will tell you if if the australian public had a little bit more awareness on where their actual beer came from buy local get into it they the the, the customer will tell the publican what they want be interesting. Um, it'd be interesting if the authorities did a did a massive survey, just asking people questions and 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 slotting in a couple of those questions around um, around um, you know is um, is 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 VB Australian owned? Is that yeah. Australian owned? And actually just um, surveyed the population to find out. It'd be be interesting. Yeah. Well, we we tried on our social media. Um, you know, I tried to rattle the, the cage a bit and sort of put on social media, you know, and they had the top 10 selling beers in Australia and the, the origin of them. And it was the least responded response we've ever had on our social media. Like I didn't get a wow or, you know, it just seems to be um, an accept. And I suppose, the ch- so the challenge for the industry is, uh, and, and 
the IBA has been great. We've got this certified independent seal, mm-hmm. which, you know, it tells you where your beer is coming from and you're supporting Australian. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you buy certain beers, you're, you're supporting local. Um, but it is it is a marketing and an awareness campaign and it's expensive. So it's it's a journey, I think, we need to take to see, you know, if if we can get the the independent brewers from six percent to ten percent, what does the industry look like then? So to me, to me, you might not be talking about saturation. You might not see some of the breweries, you know, that that go into it that possibly might fail, might continue. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's more, more more jobs, more economy in this this industry called, you know, independent brewers, um, which the government really acknowledges now. Because um, I think if you look at the figures, and I don't have them off the top of my head in terms of turnover, employment, direct and indirect, it's it's a very compelling industry these days. I mean, for, for government, if you look at the employment per litre of beer produced, that'd be a metric that you'd, 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 be, you'd be looking at. The ratio, the ratio would be much higher in, in craft, obviously, because there's oh, less automation and all the rest of it. So, um, which is, you know, more jobs at the end of the day. Sure, it's more cost for the employer, but um, it's, it's more jobs, you know. So, government should be looking on that very favourably. Yeah, and and look, you know, look, I, I take my hat off to the government. Yeah, I, I just think because they they sat there and they said, look, we've got this excise relief, and we want you to do two things. You know, we want more money to come into the smaller breweries, so you can do two things: you can buy more equipment, and you can employ people. And and since July, Southern Islands Brewing has bought more kit and put on a trainee brewer. So we did exactly what it said on the tin. And, yep. and I and I think that's that's been given us real tailwinds, but we still sit in this um, we still sit in this market where it's a duopoly. And it's yeah, the the, the funny stories you hear where the, the most popular beer has to be put off tap because one of the big guys isn't getting his volumes because he paid the rebates up front. <laughs> like you're sitting there going well it's just counterintuitive i think but it's you know pubs are in pubs have had pubs have you know they've been hammered so you know yeah. it probably it's probably not the right time yeah pretty hard to apply pressure I, at the moment <laughs> i get it but just from our point of view and the way i see it and i get pretty frustrated when you yeah you have a guy come on the news saying well if if um, if the government just halved the excise on beer, um, what'll end up happening is the publicans will get more money. We can offer cheaper schooners and it, it all rolls around. And I was sitting there saying, well, hang on, they have. They've given us great excise relief, just not to the duopoly. And I guarantee if the duopoly got it, how much would the publican receive and how much would end up in Japan? Yeah. So. And 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 and, and how hard is it to compete for, for independence? It's- yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, pricing, pricing would be, <laughs> pricing would be, it'd be a race to the bottom. Yeah, it would be. And and listen, yeah, I'm, I'm quite emotive over it. Just just because it, it just to me, it seems that the message that we've all become a little bit more introspective. You know, supply chains are disrupted. We can do more. Let's support local. You know, and and you see those wonderful signs that you know come and have a have a drink or eat here and you pay my children's school fees versus heading back to, so it's, it's, it's about building that, but it, th- it gets to this point where in c- certain sectors, it becomes very inconvenient. Oh yeah. Yep. Boy, uh, boy, local boy, I don't know. You know, I've got this good deal with Carlton over here. And anyway, so 
that's that, that that that's probably that's probably my bugbear in the industry, I yep. guess. Um, and and if we don't rattle the cage, it won't change. Yeah, I think that. Is, I mean, that seems like the most logical next step is to um, you and you make a very good point. Um, you you shift the six percent to eight percent and see what it does, and then you shift the eight percent to ten percent, and you know how you go about that. You know. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not an expert in, in brewing. I'm a, I'm a, so, I'm a software, I'm a software, I'm a software person. So um, that's, pro- that's probably for yeah. someone, for, that's probably for someone else to solve, but. Um, smarter, smarter people than us, Tim. Uh, <laughs> <So>. Hardly. <laughs> oh, I, know, I, yeah, I just, but yeah, like, I think if you, you take that point, if, if you take us, you know, if we get went to 8%, that's increasing the industry by 33%. That'd be huge. Yeah. That'd be, that, that would be huge. And I think the investment, um, you could extrapolate the numbers. I think, I think that'd be a real, a real kick for the What's, industry. Do you know the um, the increase in the in say the last five years of the overall beer sold in in Australia? Has it been kind of four percent to six percent type of thing, or has it been been pretty stagnant? Or um, I think I think beer sales in general, you, you've got to you've got to break it down. Beer sales in general have declined. Um, mm-hmm. People are drinking less which paradoxically gave birth to craft beer because if you're gonna drink less we're not in the days of 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 our fathers where you know 16 styles of lager kb through to this get a slab make it benign and drink as much as you can and that was Mm. the business model so you market market very easy drinking beers people don't drink as much anymore so they're more discerning so they want to taste beer so whilst you know, beer sales in general um, are reducing. The craft beer component is increasing. Yep. Um, and, and the numbers escape me. Um, but in terms of trends, that's how it's happening. And that's that's why you see a lot of these acquisitions because major beer companies are losing doubt to the crafties. And so what ends up happening is you buy the crafty, you maintain the market share. Um, and and that to me, um, you know, it's it, it's been probably driven by the metrics and the measurements of these big guys because they're losing the market share to us. Do you think the, um, this, is, this is probably the last question I've got for you. Do you think the, um, do you think that the acquisition path for some of these groups will start to slow down a bit? I think that, um, uh, you know, you've got some of the smaller groups that have bought, um, you know, four or five or six distilleries and, and breweries, you know, your Mighty Crafts and, yeah, actually, I was really engage yeah. roads and good drinks and those type of those type of um, of groups, and they're obviously going for economies of scale and trying to centralise some of their administration and all that type of thing. I would imagine, um, whilst keeping whilst keeping the the um, the core crew um, pretty pretty much the same at at, um, at each site, um, I'd imagine that's probably where they're looking for for some of that benefit is in the operational administration area. Um, so that makes sense. And then, um, but it seems like the um, the purchasing, also the acquisition from some of the big guys may have, may have started to slow down a bit. Yeah, I think I think those days might be done. I, th- I yep. think there's there's there, what fits what fits their blueprint. I guess um, you know there's there's only a f- few remaining independent brewers of that scale that make sense for those guys. And you know I think initially they they, they made acquisitions based on market share. I think they're getting a little. They were a little bit more savvy. I think I think the deal they did with Fermentum, you know, was was an earnings one because that was a, that was a really solid. If you just look at it as a business, solid, solid and profitable, well run. You know that that yeah, put them in the stable, they'd be great. Um, mm. 
but but I'm but I'm guessing now it's it's going to run out of puff and these this there's sort of like this next stratum of of, of acquisitions because the mighty craft one really interested me to the point the business model that I, that I bought shares in it so I thought well okay well, awesome yeah yeah I just it 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 I, I it floated I, I left it alone for a while had a look at the business model I thought this is good and look at the moment it, it seems like it's um it's work in progress but it's heading in the right direction um particularly um particularly with you know look last last six i think that you know you get the the information is publicly available but it's last six months you know results are out it's, it's really hard because everyone had a hard six months so i think mm. i think that's a really interesting concept and i think a lot of these companies you know um even line and carlton now they're beverage companies they're not beer companies mm-hmm. um mighty craft is a beverage company because you can't ignore um you know the your, your seltzers your, your your craft spirits so i think but the way mighty craft and i guess tribes in that boat as well buying buying at the smaller level seems to be the trend um mm-hmm. and it, it, it seems to be heading in the right direction without being proven yet in my mind um from from, from what i know and see it makes a lot of sense if you've got salespeople out there because you you know um with in the vertical, you still got the um, you still got the the problem. Well, not a problem, but you still got um, the requirement to have salespeople on the road selling yeah. selling your beer. So, um, certainly from a wholesale perspective, so you you kind of need um, you need salespeople anyway. If those salespeople can sell four, five, six products as opposed to one, two products, then then that to me is is a is a massive benefit that some of those groups might might see. Yeah, hugely. It it just it just makes sense. It, it it just makes sense, and I think you know. And then then you have the ability to put something out like um, um, better be as as a group. Yeah, there, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of um, harmonisation of corporate overheads. There's a lot of um, collective marketing. Um, it's it it. That's why I, that's why I had a really good look at it and thought I'd buy mm. some shares. I look at the model the model resonates and I suppose we just need to see it roll out now. And as I said, it seems to be heading in the right direction. Yeah, it'll just be time. Just be time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they've sort of pioneered it a bit. Um time and execution, the, the two, the two, the two big things. <laughs> yeah, ex- execute time time's the other thing. And it's 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 like some people you just can't get frustrated in these businesses. You've got to because there's a couple of things that you know you can get the business model right. But then, you know, if you sit in the environment we've had in the last two years, you, you know, it's, 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 um, cause we've, we've sort of been at the inflection point in the business to sort of, you know, cause our marketing now is we're, you know, we're, we're Sydney focused, we're Newcastle, Canberra focused. So, so we've sort of, we are, you know, we've got a home here now and, um, Estab- established locally and now you, yeah. Yeah. And then, but then that's it. Like I, I just, I, I've done the, it's, we were shipping beer to Hong Kong. It just, it, whilst it was nice for the ego, just didn't make sense. Um, yeah. And because we had the kangaroo on the can, it resonated in Hong Kong. It was, it was fantastic. And so now, you know, um, Sydney, we just picked up sponsorship of Sydney University Rugby, which is um, um, one of the sort of oldest rugby club in Australia mm. type. So, so that we, we've got a real set plan what we're, where we're sort of stepping to next anyway. Yeah, oh, that's great, mate. That was, um, we, we've just done an hour and that's gone. That's flown oh, well. by. That's oh, flown by. Um, <laughs> mate, thanks so much for your time. That was a really, really good chat. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Oh, Tim, thanks, mate. Well done for putting this forum out here because I've, um, I've really enjoyed 
the 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 podcasts I've listened to, and actually, you know, it's great to get different perspectives from different people, and this is bringing it together. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much.